My name is Brianna, and I welcome you to the Tales of Adventure, a D&D podcast like no other. Hi, my name is Anthony. I'm also Chatterbox AVA at Chatterbox AVA on Twitter. I run a Lancer campaign on Wednesdays at 10 p.m. Eastern, known as the Spare Brigade. It's mech, kaiju, and sci-fi stuff, and a little bit of political intrigue. You know, all the best from Gundam, Titanfall, and stuff like Pacific Rim. And you can find me on twitch.tv slash attacktrick on Wednesday. You'll be meeting Hector Winterblood, a shifter bloodhunter of the Order of the Lycan. Hector is at the Yawning Portal. I think he's keeping away from, well, not in the sense of, of being kind of a loner, but he is sort of distracted with project. In his hand is what appears to be, from the front cover, kind of different pictures of birds and a bird watcher's journal. And... In this journal, he has a page open and it's sketching something on the table. Almost looks like a cattle skull, but the, the horns are very twisted and knotted, and the cattle's teeth are very razor sharp. The eye sockets are, are kind of kind of slick with this ichor still. And Hector, for reference, is quite massive. He's very tall and, and very large, a little burly, but he's kind of diligently sketching with the quill details of goal. I mean, he has kind of just a cup of tea. And as he's doing this, a very friendly-looking stranger walks up, sits next to him and asks, My friend, where did you find a demon skull? <laughs> oh, uh, I suppose you know what this is. And he kind of takes a peek over to your character and softly smiles. Most people think that tax dormant and for the most part, that's why uh, I let them leave. I'm a little more well-traveled than most people, and I've also dealt with demons before. That's that one in particular. It's not a fun one to deal with. No, no, it's not. And he puts down the book just for a moment. This one I, I, I found a couple weeks ago, grazing with some cattle, and I had to be the bell of bad news to the farmer. He called Ona. He um, attributed the death of many of his cows to wolves and cattle rustlers, but uh, sometimes it's not a uh, wolf in sheep's clothing, but wolf in cow. Oh, that, that too. I was, I was trying to do an allegory, but uh, that, that one too. What is your name, and how did you come to learn so much about demons? Oh, Hector. Hector Winterblood. Um, and he holds out his hand, and uh, like I said, it's kind of just this massive myth. And she shakes it. Firmer handshake than you would expect. <laughs> it's a very firm handshake on his end, but you notice that he's just kind of particularly hairy, and his own teeth are, 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 are sharper than most. Let's say it's a family business consultant on the unholy, the, the extra-dimensional. Where are you from? I'm, I'm from a humble place. It's known as Hollow Valley. 
not many people go by there these days, so rumored to be haunted. I've been there a couple of times trying to avoid certain people. Haunted places are wonderful places to hide from people who are very superstitious. Hmm. Well, let's just say that we try to keep ourselves close, away from strangers for reasons of our own. I'm sure you've heard of the term shifter. That I have, and I've met a few worth of some. Some consider me to be a shifter, but it's a little different than that. I, it's not an intentional thing. I just... It's how I am. Well, some people like to call us uh, werewolves, and, and that's not necessarily a, a bad term. It's, it's just that the were assumes a sort of unholy transfiguration, when it, in reality it's more of a natural process. The history of the Winter Bloods is uh, deep and sordid with combating and, and in some cases allegiance to Dark Masters. But for the most part we are consultant when such creatures are bound. We give them kind but existing fees, finding and destroying the creatures. Understandable, not done correct. Demon hunting is only so awful if you don't do it correctly the first time. I hunt more than demon. If you understand things more than out of planar variety, I am a, a pursuer of the undead. I'm also a pursuer of those that raise them. Uh, sometimes it is an innocent mistake. People finding items or, or tomes that should not be read or used. But in other cases, most animations of those that have passed are malicious and malevolent. That is true. Necromancy is a slippery slope. It is a slippery slope indeed. Have you encountered a necromancer too in your day? I've met a couple of friendly ones. Most of them I do not get along with very well. But like you, I'm also of the getting rid of things that that in the world, in a way. Mm. So we typically do not get along well. I, I don't know about threatening the world. I, I just think about the people they try to harm. You know, and some things don't deserve to, to be excised if they aren't a threat to mortal kind. I'm not one to say that I don't know, a creature of the Feywild is anything worse than a, a deer or a bear in the forest, as long as it doesn't encroach upon neighboring settlement. And sometimes there are occasionally mortals who <laughs> do the opposite, threaten the existence of creatures beyond our, our mortality. So you're a protector? What I am is a consultant. I do it by case-by-case case basis. Still a good thing to be, especially in a world like this. There are crazy things going on. So many crazy things that most people won't believe. Imagine you have quite a few interesting stories. I'd be curious to hear them. Hmm. Perhaps over a round of drinks on me. Why not? Do they have moonshine here? I'm 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 a fan of moonshine, but I'm I'm okay with tea if you're a chamomile fan. I'm sure they do. Just may need to pay the barkeep a little extra to get them to bring it out. Whatever's comfortable for you and and the establishment here. Don't want to be a bother. She gestures for the bartender and he brings out some moonshine and he brings out something else for her. I have a story, but it's a little unresolved. It's not been finished yet. 
Uh, it's a tricky feller. Um, the Winterbloods, you understand, sometimes we, we keep a low profile because we're often known as a troublemaker for those that don't understand the craft of consultation. There's a lot of people who don't understand things, so I imagine that makes your life very interesting. Well, this, this particular one uh, is hard because... Would you believe that there are those immortal and everlasting among us, not hiding in caves or castles far, far from society, that there are those in power that seek only to continue their grasp over mortal path? I both believe that and have seen it myself. Well, I'm speaking of a certain kind of, of sorcerer, wizard, talking about liches. Liches are perfidious. Uh, they're far more dangerous than the average necromancer. That's the are, and they can be rather obnoxious to deal with because they just don't want to die. Hmm, they certainly do not want to die. That's the entire point of their existence. Frankly, my grandfather, Hieronymus, happened upon this this particular creature. Name is Solwyn. Solwyn was a a scholar among a early society of Romans. There are those before that had achieved lichdom before this, but this one, this one was different for some reason. He had hoped to surpass his master, the liches that are uh, old. And so he had found a way to achieve lichdom in a natural druidic process. Something from some far older civilization had practiced the ways of nature map. But from studies of a granddaddy, Haran, apparently he hung himself upside down in the middle of a forgotten field by his left ankle and adorned himself like a scarecrow. And for nine days and nine nights, he hung. He apparently became infested with locusts, grew fat off body. Those locusts were feasted on by Maggie. And after those nine days, he finally expired and achieved death. And all the maggots filled to bursting with locusts formed this strange central mass that became his phylactery. That sounds horrifying. I, I imagine it was for... for Hieronymus to have fought such a such a creature. And Solwyn, he has a couple myths associated with him. One is the man in Wicked. He went to a town called Urchfont as a man with a wagon scarecrow and said his scarecrows could scare away crows or flies and make sure no one would ever dare touch that field. Farmers took to it, thinking there was no harm a couple scarecrows, but they were. And they kept asking for more and more scarecrow. And they bolstered a few and uh, multiplied their stock of grain and wheat and barley. A neighboring town actually happened to have many missing people over those many months of making scarecrow. When it was time for Urchfont to ask this man and wicker to, to help their troubles and make them scarecrows that could kill their fields for them, as there were no more farmers, the man and wicker complied. Soon, people started going missing in Urchfond. Well, when Hieronymus, my grandmama, Elector, visited Urchfond on, on news of disappearances, there were not but scarecrows walking on fields endlessly, no one there to reap the benefit. That's rather 
absurd being, and I can't help but wonder what the purpose of that is, aside from, well, basically gaining what could be turned into an army. They thought so too. It was their mission to, to find the source of scarecrows in the tower the man Wicca had erected in Urch Farm was his lair. But whatever the two of them did in that tower, it didn't seem to be enough. After a couple of years, when my father Myron became um, leader of Pack, Solwyn was already working machinations inside the neighboring kingdom. When you kill a necromancer, you have to wonder if I had a contingency, as such as all about contingency. What contingency would I plan if I happened to die? It's the first step towards uh, actually ending the threat of this menace. Is you have to take away their backup plan, because as long as they have one, you're not going to beat them. Exactly, and that's why Solwyn is uh, still up and about. It's a particular brand of shame, because when his backup plan went in place, Solwyn launched a, a campaign of propaganda, branding us with crimes that we didn't commit. I'd like to say Urchfont is one of the particular mocks blame that when the Bloods were associated with us our weird and, you know, strange ways being separated from the rest of society. So, the reason why it's so hard to hunt down the soul win is, uh, he's sort of an unpredictable little worm. Sounds like a rather accurate description, but I guess you just have to find a way to think like your enemy. What is he trying to accomplish? That's the interesting thing, also. Which is have already achieved much of what they want to gain by becoming immortal. The goal for an aspiring lich is, is to become immortal. And after that, it's, it's sort of what, what can an immortal person, an immortal being, want? Someone who, who, was, who was human and had goals fit for only one lifetime become infinite. I imagine they would want more to power they would want to become like a god and have people worship them there's nothing like not having death to fear that to make people forget what purpose of living is they forget what is really important to begin to chase all kinds of terrible things yeah i suppose that's true and winterbloods they die young it's a tradition among our family to uh have one job just be the last one. So, not necessarily something we look forward to, but something we, we accept. It's an occupational hazard of hunting the things that haunt most people's nightmares. Things most people don't even know exist. It does have perks. We do have a good set of abilities and prowesses that most people don't easily learn. But, you know, sometimes you think about filming. What fulfills you. Sometimes things are the way they are where you think this doesn't fulfill me right now. And that's usually when you're um, fighting some kind of ooh, I don't know, a uh, skeleton wearing three heads and uh, surrounded by undead octopi. That was a phrase I was not expecting to hear today, but then again I wasn't expecting to walk in and see someone sketching a demon skull, so... Most of my days are weird. That's uh, all mine. So, you know, you have to kind of accept that some days are going to be less fulfilling than others. Have to find a good anchor. What is your anchor? What keeps you going? Hmm. 
I suppose it's it's my family. If 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 that isn't a self-repeating cycle, I'm the eldest brother of four. I love them. I love to care for them. And if I wasn't hunting anything, I would I'd be back at the can in Hollow Valley with my my dad with my mom. I can't protect my family if I don't hunt these creatures because they will find us. But those creatures wouldn't be after us if we weren't hunting. So. <laughs> It's an interesting cycle. Interesting cycle. Do you go home and see your family often? Or is that a bit more of a hazard, given your job? I go see them. Like I said, it wouldn't be worth it if I couldn't go home. I go home often, usually after a couple jobs. We provide for each other. We watch out for anyone who is trying to, uh, not jip us. I always trying to hunt us. That's a bad term for it. Anyone who's trying to hunt us. And that keeps us a little bit close-knit together. You never know who who's out to get into the family and then uh, try to uh, divide us. Yes, never a dull moment in the life of a demon hunter. No, there's not. Do you hunt alone or do you work with others? I don't mind a companion or two. There are a couple of times when I've... Uh, been around a, a group of adventurers and I'll uh, give them my expertise when hunting creatures like this. Be nice having friends sometimes. Absolutely. Having someone there to watch your back and make sure some undead abomination is not going to try and stab it or eat it. Jeff says a very strange sensation when they go for that second one. Hmm. I suppose it is good. Most times I work alone, so. It is welcome. And sometimes, welcome people is very hard. <laughs> like I said, there are a lot of people who will not listen. That is true. How are some of the people you've worked with before? And curious to hear some of those tales. Oh, I once worked with a lizard folk. They couldn't speak. They wrote on a chalkboard. They were quite the fatter, but also quite a sweetheart. I really appreciated being their friend. Some people find them off-putting. I love working with them, though. Mm. They have their own sort of charm. Well, this one didn't even know much about his own people, his own kind. He was raised by a, a human. I don't remember their name. But it was one that I really appreciated. And, of course, I've worked with a couple of pickpockets. Those can be useful in a pinch, but you definitely have to watch your pockets. And there were a couple of people who dabbled in the Eldritch. People who've made packs with um, things that I don't rightly care to know about. Yes, those can get rather tricky, but sometimes choices have to be made. I worked with a pickpocket, that lizard folk I mentioned. And a sweet girl who was some kind of cleric. And we were on a train to the capital together, unaffiliated at the time, before the train was beset by a kobold creatures from inside a tunnel in the middle of the mountain. When um, we um, found a way to, to town nearby, which was supposed to be a stop, there apparently had been some disappearances, and a cousin of mine was looking for uh, the source. Uh, we all... Worked together pretty fine. I made a couple mistakes myself during the investigation. 
much of my intuition appeared to be true, correct, and uh, there was a there was a man with a puppet, and he was entertaining the crowd at a local theater. As it so happens, uh, he was the source of the disappearances of these girls, but not in the way you think. How so? It wasn't the man kidnapping those girls. It was a puppet. <laughs> Interesting, but that does kind of fit. I've never really trusted puppets. The worst part was the puppet wasn't alone. The puppet was some kind of eldritch abomination, which I'm still investigating, trying to find whatever this, this creature was. But it had built a contraption of multiple puppets that could separate and become look almost like people, prop them up with people clothes and put them in seats um, at the theater. But altogether, they formed... Um, have you ever seen a scorpion? It was like a, a, a scorpion made of multiple puppet torsos and uh, uh, puppet heads. I've seen a lot of horrifying things, yet that description is going to haunt my nightmares for some time. Yeah, I don't care much for theater these days, for that very reason. You know, we got into the theater, found some of our kidnapped friends, and a couple of the kidnapped uh, girls. We destroyed the beast, but the theater burned down. We got framed for murder of multiple people, because they, they thought all the clothes on the floor and... People like that were um, actual people, and the god knew uh, me and my cousin by our last name. It was all this big setup from some other <sighs> wicked creature um, that had found its way at court. <laughs> very, very embarrassing. Sounds like your family has pissed off quite a few very powerful entities. Oh, most certainly. It was all connected. Somehow, the kobolds and the puppet and everything, but I don't know how, how I rightly explain it. It was all, in some way, the work of this one fessor, one, one saint who experimented on a distant cousin of mine and all these other creatures, but then was killed when they were let loose. There's so much details, I can't really go into it right now, but you understand, I am rightly suspicious of authority. Authority can be rather easily corrupted, so I'm not going to judge. Also, sometimes they tend to judge before they get all the facts, so I, I can understand where you're coming from. We didn't get dotted on those charts, but it was certainly a kind of a hard, hard court case, if that makes sense. How do you prove that you were fighting an undead or some, some kind of um, supernatural puppet creature? after it has already been burned into cinder. You can't. But at the same time, a lot of the evidence was forcluded and everything, you know, I'm going on. Complicated situation for anyone to try and make heads or tails of, unless they were there, which they weren't. Ah, uh, well, you know, yes, Moonshine's real good, I'll tell you that. I'm glad you enjoy it. I'm curious, have you ever thought about what you might do if you weren't hunt hunting demons. When I say demons, I include all the other undead abominations. No, I, I, I figured. He um, looks at his book and looks at the cover. I actually might go bird watching. That'd be nice. The winter bloods aren't too deep in death. We're comfortable. So I mostly may, might want to bird watch or, I don't know, herd cattle maybe. <laughs> 
settle down and have a quiet life. Something a little quiet. I don't. I don't mind noise. I don't mind trouble. Just sometimes I get a little carried away. Maybe having a little bit more of a calm between storms instead of constant chaos, certifying things trying to kill you. Yeah, something like that. Maybe, maybe go to um an, an arena or two and prove myself. Arena fights can be very enjoyable. Just have to make sure you don't walk into one that's rigged. <laughs> I understand. Many of my siblings, they are they they they're quick, fast. I prefer a little more up close person. I'm a bit of a brute. They're the more of the get in, hit them, get out, and you're more of the hit that till it stops moving. Yeah, that's true. I have, um, of course, a couple weapons at my side here. I do see the use of crossbows. Of course, I have them on my purse, but sometimes when you're a shifter like me, the, the best thing you have is your, your claw. And blood magic, that is part of our arsenal. Yes. Sometimes you have to find creative solutions, but it is nice having a weapon that no one can really take from you. As long as you have uh, claws and teeth, so fat. Hector would just relax with the moonshine. This was a, a mighty fun discussion. What was your name again? I, I'm so sorry. I had never asked for your name. That That is shameful. Uh, my name is Estra. It's a pleasure to meet you. This has been a wonderful discussion. Mighty thanks for um, the moonshine. He'll uh, bring out a flask of holy water and slide it over to you. In my <laughs> field, it's always good to have uh, one of these around. So if you ever find yourself at the other end of a demon, toss it in his face and um, that'll give you some time to rear back and uh, uh, deal some damage. Oh, excellent. I've been meaning to restock on this and... I wish you luck in the future. Hopefully one day you'll be able to get rid of that one particular thorn in your family side. Oh, we'll find it. question is, after that, huh, what are we doing to him? And he pops out the book again and begins to um, go back to sketching. Take care. Watchful Eclipse. That I will. And you take care as well. Tales of Adventure is directed and produced by me, Brianna Toiber, as part of Pseudonym Social, a creative podcast network. The music is by Patrick Chester of Chester Studios. To see more of his work, visit his website at chesterstudios.net. Find out more about Pseudonym Social by visiting our website at pseudonymsocial.wordpress.com. If you like what I'm doing and would like to support this podcast, please go to patreon.com slash pseudonymsocial and choose one of the tiers connected to Tales of Adventure. You can also leave a review on iTunes to make our show easier to find for those who need it.